Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius Adiwumi. Today I'm going through the book of Colossians, Epistle of Apostle Paul to Colossians. This is a teaching, so I will suggest you get your Bible and follow along. I will read the Epistle of Paul, Apostle Paul to the Colossians. It's only very few chapters, three chapters, but it's going to go through this series. When I read some, I will stop at some verses and give some explanation and some insights. What happens, Paul is teaching us. And I pray the Lord will give you understanding. So, Father, help us to be able to grab some of this revelation that you have revealed through Apostle Paul to the church. Okay, Colossians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God and Timotheus our brother to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ which are at Colossae grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ let me stop right there now you will say the letter of Apostle Paul in this also was addressed to the saints and faithful brethren the same people we are the saints of God. Everyone that has been born again, you are born again to be a saint of God. We know what oh, what saints mean, holy people. And even give us another qualify. He said they are faithful brethren. So that is what we should be, believers. Whatever you are, if you have been born again, you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You have asked Jesus to come into your heart and to make you a new creature and you have experienced that new, new, new nature in Christ. Just an experience. If you have not experienced it, ask Jesus Christ in prayer, Lord Jesus, get, come into my heart and give me this new bath. When you, are, when you experience that new bath, you will know the old things pass away. It's like a weight of guilt of sin was removed from you. And from there forward, you will be heaven bound instead of heartly bound heaven bound and you must remain that that way and keep following these precepts of the new testament the word of god to please the lord you must remain heaven bound so that the cares of this life you don't be eating anything and eating the word of god away from you so apostle paul's letter was to the saints so this is a internal letter to the believers so let's go on in verse 3 Apostle Paul writes, We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all the saints. Let me stop right there again. Now, this, this first, second, these two verses make us to see that Apostle Paul was not the one that converted these believers in Colossae. Some other, some other ministers converted these believers in Colossae and they were following the Lord through the ministry of whoever converted them. But because the fellowship of the saints were one, so whoever converted them, you see the name of that person in later as we read them, must have heard about Apostle Paul who was giving the church we preaching about with his team all over the Gentile world. So this minister also visited Apostle Paul and told him about the converts in Colossae. And Apostle Paul was excited and Apostle Paul was writing letters to these Colossians and telling them more about the mystery of God. That is really what this letter is all about. So when you see, he said, 
we give thanks to God, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith, which means he was not the one that converted him. Say, we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all the saints. So take note of that. So then you see, when somebody is writing to people that you are not the one that converted them, you want to really teach these new these people more of what you have been revealed, what has been revealed to you by the Lord. So that is what Apostle Paul was doing with this letter, teaching them more what God has revealed to him that he is teaching the churches. So let's go on. Verse 5. So for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, Whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. So he's trying to say, what is this thing he's talking about? He said, we heard of your faith and you and you about the hope that we have that is laid up for us in heaven, that you guys are believing. But since which is common to you, it says, we are preaching it, and this minister also preaches and brought it to you, and it has come unto you, as it is in the whole, all the world. And is bringing forth fruit as it does also in you since the day ye heard of it and you knew the grace of God in truth. So it's still more like uh, praising God for them that they have also believed. Verse 7 As ye also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant. Now, the name Epaphras is very important. That is the brother, the minister that converted these Colossians. We do not know how we converted Epaphras because the, after the apostles and the disciples were scattered from Jerusalem, they were going everywhere preaching the gospel. You can read that in the book of Acts of the Apostles. They were going everywhere preaching the gospel. Even before Apostle Paul was sent to the Gentiles sometime later. So when they were going everywhere preaching the gospel, people were believing and telling others. So Epaphras must have heard the gospel through those believers that scattered everywhere preaching the gospel. And he believed and he also started preaching it. And in Colossae, he got a group of believers that he was teaching. Now later he heard about Apostle Paul was going everywhere preaching like a team that got sent out to the Gentiles. And Colossae is part of the Gentile world. So he went to meet Apostle Paul and told him about it. So Apostle Paul wrote this letter through Epaphras to the Colossians, teaching them more. So you can see the name Epaphras is the one that converted these Colossians. That's why he called him our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ. Verse 8, he it says, it's Epaphras who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. So it was Epaphras that came and declared to Apostle Paul and to his, to his team about these Colossians. Verse 9, say, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will, that's God's will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now let me stop there. That verse 9 is very important for we believers. To see, to make you to see how we ought to be praying for other believers or those who have just come, been converted. That is our that is our responsibility as believers. You have been in Christ for some time. Uh, you say, well, what what should I pray for? When you kneel down to pray, you thank God for yourself, thank God for your family, thank God for all the believers, 
And if you know any other believer that has just come to Christ, pray for them. That the Lord's will will be done in their life. That's Apostle Paul is giving us example. He said, we cease not to pray for you. What is he praying for them for? He said, he desired that they might be filled with the knowledge of the will of God. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Because it is the knowledge of God that gives you power. The knowledge of the will of God is what gives us Christians power. Because Jesus Christ said, you will know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So the truth is the will of God for mankind. And the truth is the power of God that he has given to we believers. Knowing this will give you confidence and boldness to act in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's what he's saying, that he's praying for them to know the will of God and so that they can also grow spiritually. Verse 10. And he said, this is continually of this prayer apostle for these Colossians, which is also for you and me. So we, we can also take these prayer points for ourselves, pray for ourselves with these words. That you personalize this to yourself and say, God, I'm praying that I may know your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And he went from verse 10, it's not, it's not, for, not over yet. He said, that you, you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful, in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. That's the continuation of the prayer. So what was he praying for? He prayed for we believers. I'm saying the Colossians, but now you are saying he's praying for you also. You can also pray this prayer for yourself. Personalize it and say, Lord, I'm praying for myself that you will give me the, you fill me with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And you pray that, that you might walk worthy of the Lord Unto all pleasing, all pleasing means to please God in all things. And to be fruitful in every good work. You are praying that you should be fruitful in every good work. You are praying for yourself. You can pray this for yourself. You can pray this for the for your members of your church. You can pray this continually for any other person that is already in Christ Jesus that has been born again. And just pray that God will come to increase us to be fruitful. And to increase in the knowledge of God. And it's not over here, verse 11 is still part of the prayer. So these prayers, you can personalize it for yourself. Just like you can use it to pray for your brethren in Christ or for new believers in Christ. That is what you should be doing as part of the, uh, of the responsibility of believers, praying one for another, praying for believers, praying for the work of God to prosper. That is the work of God. The work of God is to bring people to be saints. And then to perfect the saints. You see that in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, when we talk about Ephesians. That is, the plan of God is to put, he put these ministries in the body of Christ. Apostles, evangelists, no, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers for one purpose. For perfecting the saints. It's like Apostle Paul said to the saints in, in Colossus. You are a saint when you give your life to Christ and you are born again. You are now a saint. Make holy people. All your former sins were forgotten, washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. You have to believe that and then walk according to the precept of the word of God and thanking God for your new life and then doing all this prayer for yourself that you should be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding and that you should be able to walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, pleasing God in all things. And that you should be fruitful in every good work. And that you should increase in the knowledge of God. You pray that prayer for yourself daily. And you see that God will begin to touch you and you begin to know more. 
and you begin to be bold to 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 command the devils in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because your prayer will be answered. That's why he say pray. God knows what I need. God knows you need it, but to press the button to turn on the switch to turn on the light in your room, you still need to press the button. The electricity is there, the bulb is there, everything is wired, but you have to press the button to turn on the light. So the same way is this prayer. Prayer is necessary. God commanded us to pray. Because has, everything has been set up by God, but He I expect we believers to initiate what we want. We pray by by prayer, we are actually pressing the spiritual button that we turn on the light and make things happen in our life. So remember that that's the purpose of prayer. So Apostle Paul continued this exhortation or this prayer for the Colossians in verse 11. He said, God should strengthen us or strengthen them with all might or his strength, power, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. All these attributes of divine love is what he's praying for them. Patience, we need it. Long suffering, we need it. Joyfulness, we need it. Say that's pretty, that's what you will pray for yourself daily, and pray for believers also daily. You say, well, if you don't need it, you pray for other believers. But you need it also, so you pray for yourself. You pray for other believers. This is what Apostle Paul is teaching us: how to pray, what to pray for. You can see examples like that. You say, well, I pray for it throughout last week. You pray every day for yourself because you have not gotten everything yet, so it's not over yet. You have to keep praying for it. Right? Maybe you say, I now got the joyfulness. Yeah, but check the other one. What about patience? Keep praying for it. That God should give you that patience that you need. What about long suffering? Keep praying for it. That you should have long suffering so that you become a holy person indeed. Verse 12 again continues. He said, Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. So he says, He's giving thanks to the Father, who has made us to be. Meet means you are, it's made up to be acceptable, to be capable, to be partakers of this inheritance. Or to be qualified. It's made us meet means you qualified us. That, yeah, you are qualified to be partaker of this inheritance of the saints. The saints in life. So we are inheriting something. And what we are inheriting is the life of God. The lifestyle of God. The holiness of God. That is power. Because when you, are, when you inherit the holiness of God, holy people have authority in the spiritual world. And that's what we are inheriting. It's our inheritance for being saints of God. And that's what God is calling us on to. He has given this planet to us, human beings. But only holy people will be given the planet forever. And when you, are, when, you make, when you turn you to holiness, which is what Christ has given to us by a new birth, then you have authority with God. In the spiritual world, you can command and it will be happening. So that is our inheritance. And that is what he's telling us in verse 12. That he's giving thanks to the Father who has made us to be qualified to be partakers of this inheritance of the saints in light. Verse 13. Continue to praise God. He said, God has, who has delivered us, God has delivered us from the power of darkness and God has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. That is what God has done for us. We were formerly in the kingdom of darkness when we were sinners. But Christ coming to give us a new birth took away the sinful nature and translated us spiritually into his kingdom. Spiritually into his kingdom. So that we are now a, a saint of God. You and I, when you are born again, and you begin to follow these precepts of the Bible, of the new covenant, you are now a saint of the Most High God. And God has translated you from power of darkness into the kingdom of Christ. Verse 14. He's continued to tell them more about the, 
about what Christ has done for us in verse 40 said, In whom, that is, in Christ we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So take note of that by verse 14. He's telling us what Christ has done for us. He said, Christ has given us redemption. We are redeemed from the power of darkness. We are redeemed from the law of sin and death. We are redeemed from the cause of the law. The punishment that was put upon man means through the sin. We are redeemed from the cause of the law, the cause of sin. And that's why he said, in whom we have this redemption through his blood, the blood of Jesus Christ. Even the forgiveness of sins, our sins, former sins were forgiven. The sin of Adam that we all want is inherited has been forgiven us when we accepted Jesus Christ. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. And verse 15 said, it's still describing our Lord Jesus Christ. Now the rest of this exodus of this chapter is describing our Lord Jesus Christ, what he has done for us and who he is. Verse 15 said, Christ who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. For by him were all things created. You remember that? By Christ were all things created. That are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by who? By him, by Christ. And for whom? And for him, for Christ. So remember that. So I remember somebody was saying, well, you know, maybe God created Jesus and then Jesus Christ created us. Well, that's how somebody wanted to interpret it, trying to separate the Father from Jesus Christ the Son. But you see, it is the same spirit, the same spirit that became human flesh, put all human flesh and came upon among us. That's why he has no father on that. He came and put all human flesh and walked among us. That's why they call it Emmanuel, God with us. It is Almighty God. It's only one God, not three gods, but it's the same one God put all human flesh and walk among us and went back to glory. That's what the Bible said. So they say, well, he said, God, he said, by him were all things created. So, everything that is in heaven was created by him. Everything that is on earth was created by him. Even those that are under the earth, the hell was created by him. Hell is like a prison here. Just like you look at this country and right every country, there is a prison for those who are criminals. And they were kept there because they are bothering the rest of the people also. That's why they kept them in jail. Because they were criminals. That is what hell is. Hell is a place for criminals. In the end, there will be no more hell because God is going to throw hell and all those who that are, that are, that are criminals into the lake of fire. Where they will be consumed forever and ever. They will be there. Almost like permanent, permanent recreation for them. To be destroyed never to come out of the place. But hell is still like a prison yard where they are just sovereign torment. So, but God created the place just like a government of the world created a, a prison yard for criminals or not. But you don't want to be there. That's why Christ come to save you because what makes them to be criminals, God can change it and God is trying to change it through the, is to changing it for us through the blood of Jesus Christ. When you accepted him as your Lord and Savior, take the old nature of sinful nature from you give you a new nature so that you are no more classified as criminal to go to hell. Now, Apostle Paul continues his prayer and he's now telling us about who the Lord Jesus Christ is that he created all things for himself. He created for himself. Verse 17 said, And he is before all things. Christ is before all things. And by him all things consist. So now, this Colossians chapter 1 
is what make us what make us to know that Apostle Paul was revealing to us that Christ is God manifested in the flesh because he said created all things and everything was created by him and all things were consist I mean existed by him that's what Jesus Christ said without me you can do nothing that's what Jesus Christ said I in them Father in me because Christ is the manifestation of God in the flesh and that's how God wanted to rule the universe by putting on the human flesh and rule from this side. All along, he has been ruling from the spiritual world, but now he wanted to rule from the physical world. That's why he put on the flesh and become one of us. And that is what Christ says, that without me, you can do nothing. Go and read it in the Gospel of John chapter 17, when he was praying the final prayer. He said, I in them and thou in me. That's how we are going to get that glory back. Now verse 18 Apostle Paul continued to talk about Christ. He said, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. That's why God is not sharing his glory with anybody. God is what that became man and is going to have preeminence in all things. He was the first one to raise from the dead, resurrected himself. And went into that glory. So whenever he raised some people at Lazarus, but they went back and died again. That means that was not the resurrection. That was just a raising from the dead. Resurrection is when Christ, what Christ said that in the resurrection, we are going to be given a body that will never die anymore. Every human being will be resurrected, like the Bible said, but some will be resurrected to be thrown into the lake of fire, but they will never die. In that body they will get, but they will be in the lake of fire burning forever. That's what the Bible said. Go and read that in the book of Revelation, chapter 20. That all the dead in Christ will be all the dead in Christ will be resurrected first, and they are not, they are going to live forever with Christ. But in the end, after one thousand millennium, one thousand year reign of Christ, all the dead, wherever they are on this earth, will be resurrected to stand before God in the white, before the great white throne judgment. It's summarized in the book of Revelation, chapter twenty, radio chapter. You see this timetable there. But when they are judged, the Bible said the books were open. And all the books are open, but only those who have their names in the, in the book of life of the Lamb will be saved out of that place. But if their names were not in the book of life, they were thrown into the lake of fire. Hell itself will be thrown into the lake of fire. Hell is like a, a prison yard. will be thrown into the lake of fire, almost like taking a city that has foundation and just throw the whole city into fire and throw them away. But it's not a, it's a spiritual location. But to be thrown into the lake of fire, that's what the Bible says. Say hell will be thrown and death, death and hell will be thrown into the lake of fire. So death is also a location where prison souls are kept that have been that have been locked up in the jail. So that is what the Apostle Paul is revealing here also. And he said, God is going to have the preeminence in all things. That's why he came in the form of human being and was the first one from the dead. First begotten, first born from the dead, verse 18. Now verse 19, for it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. That is in Christ Jesus, God man, God became man. It is in him that all fullness dwell. Now verse 20. See, continue to talk about Christ. He's revealing whom Christ is to these Colossians. And that's what we are pointing out to all of us also. He's revealing to us whom Christ really is, that God manifested in the flesh, whom Christ is. And this is what Christ is, is that's going to have the preeminence in all things. And verse 20 says that, And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him 
to reconcile all things unto himself. God is reconciling all things unto himself. By him I say, whether there be things in earth or things in heaven. Verse 21 says, And you that were sometime alienated with an enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now are still reconciled. So that is the purpose of Christ coming to reconcile man to himself, to God. Verse 22 said, He has reconciled us in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. So it is God that is working this work in us. After he makes us to be saved, he is going to work in us to keep us saved, to keep us living for him. So but it is see you and I must cooperate with God. It is you have your own part to play, but God is doing the major part to change us to keep us. And that's why I put all these ministries in the body of Christ, teaching, exhorting, prophesying, to continue to build us up until we perf- until we be perfected. So it is the work of God, but God does not work alone. He works in cooperation with you. That's why He didn't just force it upon mankind. He said, Come unto me. So when you come, then He begins to do this work in you with your cooperation. So you and I must cooperate with the Holy Spirit that is working this work in us by obeying the Word of God, by yielding our mind to the Word of God. That's what the Bible expects. That's why we say, continue to follow the precepts of the Word of God as it is taught us in the New Testament. All these letters of Apostle Paul is to teach us what God requires from us and how God wants us to walk. And as we walk that walk, it will become perfect, permanent, and we will be perfected in it by the Holy Spirit that is doing the work in our flesh, in our soul. We are all the debris have been popped all along. God is working this work to pull all those debris out of our soul. What are these debris? All these ungodliness, evil imaginations, evil thoughts that the devils have been pumping upon mankind to make them to be polluted. But Christ is removing it from our soul. Our spirits have been born again, but our soul needs to be renovated, cleansed, purged. That's why I say we renew our mind daily. And because the devil is still in the world, it's continually burning believers with evil thoughts to try to make them accept those evil thoughts and you could possess them if they come to accept its thoughts and ideas but you have to resist those thoughts that's why the bible says whatever things are true what should we think about whatever things are true whatever things are honest whatever things are pure whatever things are just whatever things are lovely whatever is a good report that's what we should be thinking about don't think about every other thing that the devil is throwing to the mind so as we cooperate with the lord in all those things that the Bible teaches us to do, then the Holy Ghost can work this work in our soul and in our body to make us perfect until Christ comes. Now let's see, continue this in verse 21, verse 23. Apostle Paul says, if you continue, says he, God is working this work in us. In verse 20, says, if you continue in the faith, so you have to continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away, from the hope of the gospel. Remember that that's why I say we have our part to play. God is the one that's doing this work in us. Like Apostle Paul said in another place, it is God that worketh in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. But we have our part to play is to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, to yield to him. Yield our mind to the Holy Ghost. Yield to the word of God. That's what it means when you use your mind. Yield your mind to the Holy Ghost. Take for example somebody reading the Bible and said, Husband, love your wife, but you are so angry, you say, no, I can't love this woman again. That means you are not yielding to the word of God. You see, you have to surrender and say, oh, God says I should love this woman, even though it does, she did something bad to me, 
I'm going to just have to love her. That is when you yield, you surrender to the word of God. The same with the woman. The same with the woman that had the word of God that said, wives, submit yourself to your husband as unto the Lord. And the woman will say, no, I can't do this. She is not doing this. I'm not going to submit. Then that woman is not so it's not yielding to the Holy Ghost. So when you yield to the Holy Ghost, yield to the word of God that instructs you how to behave. So when you surrender and say, Oh Lord, I will submit because you commanded it. And she then comes, and that is when you are yielding to the Holy Ghost. And then the Holy Ghost can walk the walk and make you perfect. But you have to cooperate by yielding to the word of God, as I just mentioned. So let's continue. Apostle Paul continues this letter by saying in verse. 23 says, if you continue in the faith, so you have to continue in that type of lifestyle. Continue in the faith, and the faith of Christ, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. So that's the gospel. That the, the, the good news is that God is changing us from inside to out to, to become a saint, and then we are to continue to live for him. Go and read it in the Titus 2 verse 11, says, with the grace of God that bringeth salvation, as appeared to all men, teaching us that we should deny ungodliness and worldly lusts and live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. That is the gospel. It gave us the power to be able to do that. He said, then he said, you are now to be looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works so we you and i are to be zealously doing good works what is this good works righteousness things that please god we're going to continue this in the next chapter god bless you